once again, Julian Michaels is talking about weight loss, explaining to us that there isn't really any particular way that we can lose belly fat. And it's frustrating because she's only telling you part of the story. Hello everyone, welcome to Mind Blowing Health and Wellness with Violet. I'm Violet, I'm a psychologist. The reason that I make these videos is because I want you to understand that your physical health and mental health come together to create that overall sense of well-being. If you find these kind of videos helpful, please consider subscribing. So Julia Michaels works really hard in this video to evade actually giving us the information that could help us to lose belly fat specifically. She talks about how to lose weight and she mentions that it's impossible to spot reduce. And honestly, Julian Michaels is so good at giving accurate information that supports her agenda while leaving out other bits of accurate information that would contradict her agenda. And so what happens is that it actually makes her look really credible when she's telling you, this is the only way to do it. But unfortunately, because there's other information she's leaving out, you're not aware that there's another way to do it. Can you actually lose belly fat? Yes. And I'm going to talk about that. One of the things that I find super aggravating about watching Jillian Michaels' videos is that she's so condescending. The way she speaks to us is as if I have the answers, shut up and listen to me, and then you're going to be okay. Where else have we ever encountered that kind of interaction? If you are like me, you might have encountered that in the doctor's office. Because you walk in, at least I know when I walk into the doctor's office and there's something wrong with me, I want to explain what's happening in detail so that when the doctor's going to answer me, they have as much information as possible so that they give me the best possible answer. And I've encountered doctors who give me this attitude of like, yeah, yeah, I know what you have and here's the answer. Now, even if he's... Um, idea about what I have is correct. And so this answer that he's proposing to me is correct for 99% of the population. He also needs to understand that there's that 1% of people that have special circumstances and he should really hear out the whole story or she should hear out the whole story to make sure I'm not one of those people. And I've had situations where doctors don't want to let me finish, even though I have a very particular uh, condition that if you didn't know I have it, you give me the wrong medication and now there's a problem, right? So, but this is, this is everybody. Like the truth is, unless the doctor specifically asks about allergies, about any recent sicknesses or surgeries, or if you're in the eMERGE, they can't know. If you're in, if you're just in a walking clinic, they can't know everything, but they act like they do. Sometimes. I'm not saying every doctor, but some of them do. And Jillian Michaels acts like this and it drives me nuts. Okay, so I want to point out that she's right about a lot of things. Like, for example, she talks about hormones. She's right that hormones affect the way that we store fat. She's not right that hormones are the beginning of the story. Actually, food is the beginning of the story. But I'm going to come back to food because actually food is the most important part of the story. I'm going to come back to food because I want to talk about what she said first. Okay, so one of the things that Jillian says is that stress and high cortisol, so cortisol is the hormone, is the biggest problem that people have and that really part of what you need to do is reduce your stress. And I agree with that. Cortisol does affect your, your weight gain. I want to point out though, 
cortisol affects weight gain because cortisol affects insulin. Now, in the entire video, she didn't mention insulin, but I'm going to start with cortisol. Yes, if I'm um, in that fight or flight mode, so if I'm stressed out, if I'm anxious, and my cortisol is being pumped out all the time, then basically what's happening is that this hormone is creating the physiological situation that my body feels or understands that it's time to go do something to get out of a bad situation. Because in our history, the, one of the major reasons for us to need cortisol to push us to fight or flight is because we need it to fight or flight. Which means that my body is actually allowing sugar back into the bloodstream so that my muscles can use it to get me the heck out of there or to combat with this predator. What we need to understand in this situation is that, yes, yeah, she's absolutely right. If I can get my stress levels under control, then that won't be happening. And the reason that this is bad is because when my body brings sugar back in and then you know, there's nothing for me to fight or nothing to run from. Insulin needs to come in and put that sugar away. And this is a game that's happening back and forth. And of course, that's going to cause me to gain weight. The question is, where am I gaining that weight? It's not particularly in the midsection. And so this is where Jillian's using information in a very interesting way to push you towards an idea that, well, you can't spot reduce because it's true. The sugar that my body puts back into the system, which is, is glucose, isn't the sugar that's going to be stored around my midsection. So glucose is used by my entire body. So when insulin steps in and puts that sugar away, absolutely, that sugar is going to be placed everywhere all over me because it's glucose. My body made it. What's actually being stored mostly here? Okay, so this is where she's not telling us the whole story. One of insulin's important functions is storing away excess energy. It's also very pivotal in getting excessive carbohydrates out of our blood system. So any sugar that's floating around in the blood, insulin helps it to be used as energy, stored in glycogen, stored in fat storage. Now, every cell in our body determines how it's going to store that energy. So that's why glycogen sometimes is made because muscles are more likely to store energy as glycogen versus other body cells are more likely to store energy as fat. And then each of those different cell types will also use that energy for energy if it's possible, right? So your body is trying to use energy and store energy for later. And the amount of sugar in your body is actually going to determine how long insulin is turned on, right? So if insulin is raised to a certain degree, then the insulin will stay on longer, right? So if I have an excessive reaction, insulin stays active longer. So it's important for us to understand that every time we overeat carbohydrates, we are encouraging insulin to be free floating in our body and doing stuff more for longer periods of time. So now this brings us back to food and it helps us to see that there's a piece of information that she's leaving out. So now the question is, is she leaving it out because she doesn't want to tell us? Is she leaving it out because she doesn't know? I'm not sure. All I know is that whenever I learn information and I'm trying to understand it, I do more research. She has a lot of resources, so I don't understand why she wouldn't know this piece of information. So here it is. 
the food we eat matters. And there are two specific classes of foods that we tend, foods and beverages that we tend to eat that affect whether or not we have belly fat. So I'm going to start with the liquids first, because I think this one is the obvious one that we can all think about. Alcohol. When you drink alcohol and you drink it to excess, you create what they call a beer belly. What is a beer belly? It's a belly that has a lot of visceral fat. So there are two different kinds of fat. Again, information she didn't share in the video. There's subcutaneous, like fat that's around your entire body. And then there's visceral fat. And so when she's saying you can't spot reduce, she's right. The subcutaneous fat that's under your skin that you can pinch, there's no way to spot reduce that. When you eat less sugar all around your body, your body will use up that fat that's everywhere to fuel you. Versus the visceral fat, which is, you know, internal around your internal organs, that fat we actually can affect directly by diminishing the amount of alcohol that we drink. If you stop, so let's say you are a person who has that bare belly because you were drinking a lot of alcohol. If you stop drinking alcohol, what happens? Your bare belly goes away. Okay. So that's one place where Jillian was not honest with us because she made it seem like there wasn't any food that, so she was right. Is there a food you can eat that will help you to lose weight? No. Being in the ketogenic community, everybody who's watching who understands that carbohydrates lead to weight gain, you know that the actual answer is eating fewer carbohydrates, but that's not a specific food you're eating. That's a substance that you're eliminating from your daily meal plan. Now, the other beverage that we can stop drinking that will contribute greatly to reducing belly fat is fruit juice. Okay, fruit juice has fructose in it. And by reducing the amount of fructose, we've all heard of that terrible high fructose corn syrup, which is just fructose coming from corn, the corn, but high fructose levels in anything you're eating will contribute to your belly fat. I want to go specific in this. Why is it that alcohol and fructose contribute to belly fat? They contribute to belly fat because the only part of your body that can metabolize alcohol and fructose is your liver. Now, generally speaking, when your liver is cleaning up and processing and blah, 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 yeah, it makes a little bit of fat in that process, but not enough to overload you because a lot of the energy that comes from that process gets used. And then a lot of the byproducts that your liver makes gets eliminated through feces and urine and sweat and right. So usually when we eat a metabolically appropriate diet, then the amount of waste and the amount of fat that your liver is producing isn't enough to create a negative situation around your midsection, right? So when we're talking about, is there something specific that you could stop eating to minimize the amount of belly fat you have? The answer is yes, alcohol and fructose containing foods. So now let's look at the food part of it. We talked about the juices, but the food part would be fruits and vegetables. And now there's the reason that Julian doesn't want to tell you 
in my opinion, part of the reason she doesn't want to tell you that there's something that you could stop eating to lose weight. Because we're being made to believe that fruits and vegetables are the most healthy things that we can eat. Why? Jillian is constantly telling us that if we eat fruits and vegetables and 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 a small amount of protein, keep the fat low, exercise a bunch, buy my program, buy my book, then you're going to be able to look the way that she looks. I'm not sitting here saying never touch a fruit or never touch a vegetable again. Anybody who knows me knows that I say, understand what you're doing, understand how many grams of carbs you're getting from whatever you're eating, and then you have a choice to make. And anybody who knows me knows that my number one thing that I tell people who are trying to lose weight, weigh everything, track everything. That way you know how many carbohydrates you're eating and how much sugar you're telling your body to put away on a daily basis. Your body will put away all the excess sugar and fat and protein energy if you go over a certain amount, right? Because it won't be able to use it in the course of your day. So when I'm saying pay attention to what she's telling you, if you pay attention, Jillian Michaels does not ask us to eat a low-carb lifestyle. As a matter of fact, when you look at the numbers in terms of the foods that the people on The Biggest Loser were eating, if we just go back to that example of another time where she's saying fruits and vegetables aren't the problem, um, in actuality, those numbers still come to well above 20 grams of carbs per day. So here's the problem. I think most people understand and can see and will agree with me that when you eat fruit, it tastes sweet. There's no one's going to argue with that. The majority of fruits taste sweet. And the sweeter the fruit tastes, chances are the higher it is in fructose content. There are exceptions to that rule. Like I said, same way there are exceptions to people. There are exceptions to the rules of which foods have more fructose and which foods have less fructose. However, I want you to pay attention to this. Vegetables. So broccoli, artichokes, asparagus, okra, sweet peppers, peas, mushrooms, for example, all are high in fructose content. Relatively speaking, if you eat those vegetables rather than eating lower fructose containing vegetables, you continue to create the story where you have more belly fat. It's not about eating a food to eliminate belly fat. It's not about taking a medication to eliminate belly fat. It's about understanding that if the only organ in my entire body that can actually metabolize alcohol and fructose is my liver, then by eating excessive amounts of fructose and by drinking excessive amounts of alcohol and excessive, what's excessive? If I'm having fruit on a daily basis and the carb count of that fruit is getting more than what? Well, if we're allowed to have 20 grams of carbs per day and the average apple has about 26 grams of carbs, and you look and you see about half of that is gonna be fructose, you start to understand that if half of that apple is only being metabolized by my liver, the rest of my body is dealing with the rest of those carbs, what's the likelihood that my liver isn't being overloaded by that apple? Same thing with alcohol. Your body sees alcohol as a toxin, period. Every time you drink alcohol, it's all being metabolized by your liver. You're putting stress on your liver. And your liver is pumping out fat because that's how it neutralizes these substances. 
Is there a possibility that Jillian isn't telling us about the fructose thing because she doesn't want us to stop eating fruit because she doesn't want us to abandon her weight loss program? That's a possibility. But whenever I watch a video from Jillian, and I, and I don't do it often, but people send me videos and say, well, what about this? What about that? And whenever I watch a video from Jillian, I'm always floored at how condescending and rude she is to her audience. Because yes, when I watch, I become part of her audience. And I get the impression that she sees us as her audience. And her goal is, here's the information, drink it up, buy my products, use my information and like, you know, buy my products, whether it's a book or whether it's a workout program or whether it's admire me and understand how much I know and how much my information is going to help you to do different. And yes, it's like going to a doctor who doesn't care to really do that interaction with you because he wants to give you the script because there's somebody else waiting in the waiting room that he wants to give a script to. And that's how I feel when I watch her videos. And it's frustrating because sometimes the information in there is accurate. But other times it's like this. Okay, fine. But that's not the bigger problem is I'm not a number. You're not a number. Well, people are going to say to me, well, the other doctors online are selling stuff too. Yeah, they are. The other doctors are selling stuff. But I think the thing that I'm trying to get everybody to see is that if it's a doctor, if it's a nutritionist, if it's a nurse, or if it's a fitness professional, and they're more concerned with getting you to buy their product than they are in teaching you something, you need to pause and you need to back up. Because my doctor should be willing to hear me out about what's happening with me before he decides the course of action. And that means that he has all the information he needs to make the best decision for Violet. And so should my trainer. Your, your, your trainer, which in this case is what she's trying to be, right? She's trying to encourage us to let her give us the information that we can do better. And that means buy her book or do her program or whatever. She wants to be our health trainer, but yet she's talking to us like we're stupid little people to just follow along and go do this and stop bothering me. And that's frustrating. I'm not going to lie and say that there aren't doctors in this keto space that push products. I'm not even going to lie and say that there aren't doctors in this keto space that kind of seem like maybe their care for the person is waning in favor of the sell the next product. And do I'm not going to say that, but there are still so many doctors in this space who focus on giving us good information, who focus on listening to us on caring about what we're presenting on giving a full and round answer, even if that answer doesn't push you towards keto. Because there are doctors in this space. There are nutritionists in this space. There are researchers in this space who still talk about the benefits of paleo. They still talk about the benefits of low carb, right? Because their goal is not to get your money. Their goal is to help people improve their health while being sustainable, which means making some money. And there's a difference because your doctor didn't become a doctor to help people and be poor. Your doctor became a doctor to help people and to also make money and have a good life, right? 
We need to move away from this take my word for it mentality that Jillian is putting in front of us because we took Ansel Key's word for it and look at how many years we had of poor health, weight gain after weight gain until now we're today trying to convince people that that line of thought was bad for us. And look how much problems we're having to pull people back. And the truth is, before we take decisions about what we're doing, the research should be there. The research is there for how the body reacts to sugar. It's there. Unfortunately, there isn't any money to be made in telling people eat less fruit, drink less alcohol, and that's how you're going to solve your midsection issues. There isn't much money to be made in telling people eat low carb, and if you already have metabolic issues, eat keto to solve your weight issues and to solve your health issues. There's no money in that. There's no prescription to write. And so, unfortunately, how do we make money on this? Well, people find ways because you there will be ways, right? And it's not about, okay, it is about making money, but it's not about making money. You need to look at the motivation of the person who's giving you information. And we need to be a bit more adult about the idea that yes, whoever is presenting information needs to find some way to keep this sustainable. So some way to make money, but at the end of the day, we all know that there is a huge difference between going to a doctor who allows you to speak, who allows you to tell your story so that they can fully understand what's happening with you. And then they give you a recommendation based on Violet rather than going to a doctor who lets you say three words and says, yeah, this is what it is. This is what you take. Come back in two months because that doctor is going to see me in two months and maybe my problem isn't solved. And then he's going to say, well, this is what you take. This is what you do. Come back in two months. And I've had clients in this situation who end up on five, six medications to only find out that the initial medication was wrong. And it led to these other medications that were unnecessary and hundreds of dollars, maybe even thousands of dollars in certain cases later to be pulled off the medication and to get the right medication. And now life is better. We need to start understanding that it starts with food. And of course, if I'm in a situation where I've gone past the point where food can help me, of course, other interventions are necessary. But how about if we start by looking at food? I want us all to rail against the idea that the medical profession has created where we are an orchard that they're just waiting to harvest, where they tell us, oh, this is not a problem yet. You know, you're pre-diabetic, that's not a problem yet. Your, your blood pressure a little high, that's not a problem yet. It's not high enough. This is, it's not. And then when we're ripe for the picking, take this medication, take that medication, go to this professional, go to that professional. I want us to no longer be seen as an orchard where I'm a tree that they're waiting to say, how much fruit can they get from me? No more. There are things that we can actually do before the, it's not a problem is now, okay, yeah, this is a problem now. And we all as individuals, you and myself, we need to question our doctors. We need to present all the information. If you sit in your doctor's office, they try to rush you out. Don't get up, finish what you need to say, explain your situation. Make sure they listen to you before they say, okay, this is the answer. Give all the details because it's your health. This is your body. We only get one. 
It's important for you to make sure that whatever you're doing is the thing that's going to help you to feel the healthiest. You absolutely deserve better from someone who is telling you that they're there to help you. And, you know, she's saying she's here to help us. She wants to explain this information. She wants us to, to get it. But then she's not doing her research to make sure that the information she's giving us is accurate. And for the number of years that she's been in this field, she should know this stuff. So she's not doing her own research to make sure what she's giving us is accurate. And then on top of all of that, we have the fact that all she's saying is eat less, move more. And if you can't do this, it's your fault because you're not doing it well. Because that's what it all comes back to, right? If what I'm telling you doesn't work is because you're not really doing it. And we all know that that's not true because especially the people in the keto world, the amount of weight that's been lost with the person eating more and not adding any exercise. Doesn't make sense if eat less, move more is the answer. If Jillian Michaels was my trainer, I'd have fired her just for the way she spoke to me. That condescending, do it like this is gonna work, what's wrong with you attitude. You deserve proper explanations and you deserve to have your specific situation looked at to determine what specifically will work for you. I really hope that you guys found this video helpful because you deserve better than what's presented in that video. The truth, actually, you deserve the truth. So even if it doesn't suit her agenda. For all my wellness warriors, I wanna thank you for coming by. Love it when you guys come and watch the videos. I wanna thank you for watching Mind Blowing Health and Wellness with Violet. Everybody who's new, subscribe, ring the bell, do the thing so you know my videos are coming out. I have a Patreon and Amazon links in the description for you to be able to help us make more videos. I love talking to you guys and I really, really can't wait to talk to you again next week.